Hello. Hello. Oh my Hi. goodness. Face reveal. I have streamed like almost a thousand hours at this point. So. I know. That's why I love every time somebody says face reveal. I hate it. This <laughs> is a reminder of how terrible I am at streaming. Like, <laughs> I'm so bad at streaming. I'm anonymous after like, I think it's like four years. How often do you stream? Almost every month. Okay. Month. <laughs> almost. I, I, I try to be really consistent and like get yeah. at least one monthly stream, but. Um, I don't know if I did one in May. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the month isn't over. We can we can just live stream the. No, God, no, we can't. No, we cannot. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to lose. Hi. Okay, you're listening to a very prestigious episode of Chessfields. I'm your host JJ, and I'm here with my lovely host Julia. Hello. And a guest, Mr. Dodgy. Mr. Dodgy, before you introduce yourself, is it okay if we reveal that you're Swedish? Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Like, I was re- really hoping at some point someone would, because I'm sick of like keeping it secret so long. So, yeah, I am Swedish. I just wanted to, before we start, uh, which one of you is Ben Johnson? We're, we're both we're, Ben yeah. Johnson. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Follow-up question for Dodgy. Are you Ben Johnson? No. Okay. I don't like him. <laughs> okay. Okay, say why. <laughs> No, I love Ben. He's That's the most Ben Johnson answer <laughs> I've ever heard. No yeah. way. Ben is so nice and polite. Ben Johnson would never say that. <laughs> Even about himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think he shares in our humor of self-loathing. I mean, self-deprecation. What's the difference? So I think it's time for Perpetual Chess to take a heel turn and just become a comedy podcast, like a very self-deprecating one. Ben Johnson should have us on, JJ. Prove me wrong. He had me on once and it launched my career as like a chess teacher. So I'm not trying to launch a second career. I mean, it, it does seem like you're trying to launch a second career by doing a podcast. Have you listened to the podcast? I <laughs> yeah. thought you had, but now I'm not sure you have. I was about That's to say, fair. what part of this speaks about professionalism to you? I'm trying to tank my first career. You've got, you, you do have a sponsor now. That's pretty professional. Well, in the most precise definition of the term professional, it is professional because we're getting paid, JJ. So mm. I've actually been introducing myself as a professional podcaster. Mm. I've been introducing myself as Chessables JJ Lang. One, one. Yeah. Are you obsessed with chess, but also kind of fun at parties? Do you keep your opening prep on your bedside table right next to your feelings journal? Welcome to the Chess Feels Podcast. The only chess podcast dedicated to the social and psychological aspects of this game we know and love. And hate. Tune in every week to join me, professional chess teacher and amateur feelings haver, JJ Lang. And me, professional therapist and amateur checkmate finder, Julia Rios. As we dive into our shared love for the game and attempt to answer the most burning question for every chess obsessor. Why are are we we like like this? this? Yeah. So first of all, should we call you Mike? Should we call you Mr. Dodgy? Uh, probably Dodgy makes more sense, to be honest. <laughs> like, no, no one knows me as Mike anyway. Like, no, I've been introduced to people in like a work setting, and they're like, "Oh, this is Mike," and they're like, "Okay, nice to meet you, Mike." And then like ten minutes later, they go, "Yeah, he's like, you might know him as Mr. Dodgy," and they're like, "Oh yeah, I know you. Who that is? Yeah, I know that guy." <laughs> 
It's like, yeah, this isn't like my real identity. The way in general that one measures the fame and notoriety of somebody is you find somebody outside the chess space and see if they recognize who that person is. And if people outside the chess space recognize them, that's how you know they've made it. So when I told my spouse that we were interviewing Mr. Daji, she pauses and goes, isn't that the guy who made a bunch of actual chess players play a tournament where the prize was a picture of a horse? That's pretty good. <laughs> so you, along with Magnus, are the only two A-list chess celebrities, as far as I can tell. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Amelia counts for that. She knows who Anish Giri is, so. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty obscure. Yeah. I'm so curious, Mr. Dodgy. Can I ask you, what do you do at Chessable? That's also not entirely clear. And it's... <laughs> It's not entirely clear from people that I've worked with as well. So I mostly do kind of random things. I'm part, I work in the marketing part of Chessable. So I do a lot of things that don't really fit under the umbrella of things that normal people do as a full-time job. This is awesome. So I help with some live events that we do. Sometimes we do like masterclasses and stuff. Obviously, I get to run Mr. Dodge Invitational on work time which is nice i've heard of that one fairly random things appear throughout the the year so the the thing i mentioned to jj earlier that i had some big news this week so the thing i'm working on just now is i'm going to be going to chennai to the olympiad amazing as as the national coach of the jersey women's team (laughs) oh my god Brilliant. That's good for business. I like this. So yeah, that'll be a fun trip. And yeah, they've, they've never been to an Olympiad before. So my initial idea was that like we're going to be inspired by Cool Runnings, the Jamaican. Oh my god, team. I love this. <laughs> and like, I yeah, wanted to like underdogs. Yeah, I want to buy like DVDs, and that's going to be our preparation every day that we should just watch <laughs> Cool Runnings every day. That's brilliant. I, like, I don't yeah. know. Maybe do some chess stuff as well. But like, I think that that's the second second thing can i ask how this came about um most of my ideas start off as jokes and some of them get they go too far and Mm -hmm. this is a kind of recurring theme in my professional and personal life (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) incredible yeah i mean the mr dodge invitational started off as a joke the i mean the fact that i live in sweden this started off as a joke as well like that's awesome yeah i feel like most people wouldn't even know about the jersey women's team but it's really cool that lula's been promoting that club and has really bringing it to the forefront so i mean i think this is awesome yeah a lot of them are newer at chess they're probably not gonna be the grandmasters at the tournament but oh no they will they're, they're gonna crush it yeah sorry that's what i thought i said what did i say <laughs> you're, 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 you're now talking about you're talking about a board one who now i guess both of us coach so you're insulting both of us personally when you say that yeah, well, Mr. Daji will bring them up. You'll bring them back down and yeah. the eval bar will toggle. But I think it's really fucking cool that they're going. And it's cool that you are actually <laughs> going to be there. It's it's bringing attention to the right things in chess, I feel. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a really fun event. I think they'll do really well as well. Like uh, we did our first kind of get to know you session uh, this week. Cool. Um, and the, the, I think Lula's the only one with a FIDE rating, but I think the others are much they're not unrated players. Like they, they might not have ratings, awesome. but they're nowhere near kind of beginner level. So they'll definitely win some matches, I think. Oh, that's so exciting. Announced here on the podcast. That is awesome. So are you going to be able to be giving live dispatches from Chennai when you're there? Yeah, that's the plan. I'm going to do stuff while I'm there. We're, I'm going to, I think I'm mostly going to spend my time ambushing different grandmasters that might not realize that I'm there. Mm. Um, 
I think Magnus is the number one target, but also I feel like he won't even know who I am, even if I jump out. Uh, he'll be like, I don't know this guy. Obviously, I'll try and scare Anish as well at some point, but he'll definitely know that I'm coming because he like he's aware of everything that happens on Twitter. Um, so it's going to be difficult to catch him by surprise, but I'll work something out. I have plans. I know. I can't wait to see. I feel like this could go in a lot of directions. I definitely have big plans for for scaring people, but we'll see how practical my plans are. Like sometimes some of my jokes don't turn into reality, which is unfortunate, but most of them do, (laughs) which is also unfortunate. It's funny though, because it's actually really good creative advice. I I feel like this is something I've even worked on with some of my clients who are in more of those creative spaces. And it's kind of something that therapists will talk about. It's like, if you're scared, do it as a joke. And it's really crazy like how often it starts as, okay, it's going to be a joke. This makes me feel more comfortable and I'm willing to dip my toes in, but then it could be something really cool. So I think that there's actually some real like legitimate advice back into that. Oh, I didn't want to know that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know. Once you know, once you know how the yogurt's made, it doesn't taste as good, right? Exactly. Um, I'm kind of curious to ask you, who are your favorite chess personalities on Twitter these days? That is actually a good question. Like, I'll be honest, uh, the people that I like the most are the people I really don't like. No, that's that's a little bit harsh, I guess. <laughs> but I, I like some of the FIDE officials. Maybe I won't name them, <laughs> but I enjoy their tweets more than than anyone else's because you know there's certain people that may be high up in the organizational chart of FIDE that are just consistently producing excellent content i don't know if they're doing it deliberately or if it's just a happy accident consistently i really wanted to ask you how much do you feel like your online persona kind of overlaps with who you really are offline in your normal life it does seem pretty aligned but i wonder how you would answer that question it is pretty aligned, but less hysterical in real life, I, I like to think. I think I'm a bit more excitable online. And also, I think I post stuff that I think will be interesting to people, at least I hope anyway. Whereas in real life, you know, like most of the time I'm sitting around looking at clouds. And- You're not just constantly trolling all of your friends and family and coworkers. Yeah, I'm not quite that exhausting, but there's definitely elements of that where I definitely annoy people when there's no need to. <laughs> okay, beautiful. I'm glad that that transcends, you know, just the online space. That was kind of the impetus for this conversation because I think that Twitter or especially chess Twitter is this wonderful stew of very different uh, uses of this media space that I find a really delightful thing to look at. But it also, I think a lot of people can get sucked into the madness of suddenly you've made a friend halfway across the world through chess and now you're debating politics and it can be a very maddening space where everyone is always fighting too. And I know a lot of people stay off social media or I've come to realize they should stay off social media. And you, from my perspective, Daji, have this kind of very inspirational, benevolent trolling approach where you always seem to stay above the fray, even though you're always not very far away from the fray. And I was wondering, how do you do it? I think it's it's not something that happened overnight. So on, on ICC, there's a kind of well, well-known politics channel where a lot of mentally ill people spend have spent the last literally 25 years now arguing about the same subjects. And I, at a certain point, I went through a phase of like debating with these people there because it was on a chess site. And eventually, after spending an unreasonable amount of time arguing with these people, I had a revelation that you can't argue with people on the internet because you can't convince them. You can 
sometimes convince an audience like the people who are watching you can sometimes convince them but if you don't really have that audience it's always a waste of time you will never debate someone into agreeing with you you can debate them into humiliation which is you know sometimes fun but not constructive in any way <laughs> so once i realized that this is just a pointless exercise i just stopped arguing with anyone about anything because it's never productive and occasionally i will get sucked back into it a little bit which i don't is i never feel good about it but you know sometimes i'm only human i don't believe that you can ever really convince someone who has the opposite opinion of over the internet is it especially on in text form as well on like twitter and stuff it's just impossible. It's a terrible form. I totally agree with you. I feel like, JJ, you and I differ on this. I don't engage <laughs> as much because, Mr. Dodgy, I share your opinion. Never once have I ever seen anyone be like, great point. Actually, you've changed profoundly my political and sociocultural views. Never. Not one time. No, you're both completely right. I completely agree on that. I mean, Julia is charitably assuming that given that I engage with things a lot more than she does, that maybe I actually believe I'm doing something, but I don't. (laughs) I just like succumbing to it. Or if anything, I like Dodgy's point about the audience. Maybe you can convince the audience or at the very least, what I tell myself sometimes when it comes to being in a specifically chess space is that lots of People with different backgrounds in politics increasingly are stumbling into chess and stumbling into chess Twitter. And so hopefully at least seeing some of the more ridiculous ideas getting some pushback makes them feel a little bit less like, oh, I'm alienated in this space or the only people in this space are like the people with these horrible opinions. So I'll engage more with like that purpose. The silence around this isn't tacit acceptance. The silence is he's blocked everyone else. Um, Yeah, I, I, I agree. And for sure, like if you have a not insane opinion when many other people have insane opinions, it's definitely worth like stating that. And I, I do that as well. When there's things come out about, like, I don't want to say women and then sigh because like, <laughs> I'm not blaming the women, but like, uh, most discussions about women in chess just make me very depressed because those discussions are just depressing. <laughs> like, they're, just, they're always terrible. But when those kind of incidents and, and things come up, then I try to at least say something about them. Um, and I think... Th- in some ways, things like that are getting better. I think more people are willing to speak up about it. And there's still a very noisy minority who are just idiotic about these things. And they appear... Unbearable. And they're very vocal as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. Super active. But they are definitely in the minority. I mean, if you see kind of any, any of those discussions, the... The crazy people are definitely drowned out by other voices, which is nice. Like, I just don't want to convince them. I'm just not interested. (laughs) There was a question about women that made me laugh. Can we go through the things people responded to you Mm. on Twitter? Are any of them funny? No, but can we go through them? Okay. We can go through them, but they were like, I was disappointed. They're really bad. I definitely want to go through them, but like very critically. Like, oh, yeah. Wasn't it just like women in chess? Explain. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's it's just the way like most of those comments read to me anyway. Mr. Dodgy, everyone out there, especially the women, are counting on you to explain. So please explain. Yeah, I do enjoy explaining things to women. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let me explain to you why women should play chess. It, it's something that genuinely winds me up as well. It like it really annoys me. And it makes me. I don't know if it makes me angrier than anything else in the chess world, but it's pretty close. Oh, because it's not just about women. It's about chess. I think like chess is the most competitive thing that men and women and boys and girls and disabled people and able-bodied people can do on an exactly equal screen, you know, like, yeah. And I think it's frustrating. The chess world doesn't work like that because you could create a tournament where, you know, you have an old man, 40 year old woman, a young girl, young boy, someone in a wheelchair, someone who's blind, people of all different races, and they could all be rated exactly the same. You can't really have that balance with something with anything else that's as competitive as chess. Mm. There's nothing else that's played at the kind of the serious level where, you know, you want to kill each other like chess. And yeah, I find it frustrating that like, that's just not the way the chess world is. What do you mean? Yeah. That it's not the way that it is. Like it's not set up to actually foster like that type of. Well, I mean, it's not because like there's 2% of the players are women and right. Like with, I mean, it, it, with people with disabilities as well, like there's like, so yeah. the, I, I mean, I don't mind separate tournaments for disabled people, like with the world championship and stuff like that, but like, that could be incorporated into, you know. Right. Like this whole idea of it's good that that exists right now. But what if we also made the chess space more open and like brought those people in? Yeah, I, I guess I mean like more from a marketing point of view, like that's the way it should be marketed. It's like, is the ultimate mm -hmm. competitive activity that is equal forever. The other question I have for you, I'm curious, what are, what is a question or what are some of the questions that you wish people would ask you when they do interviews? Like, is there something that you're really excited that you would want to talk about, but no one ever thinks to ask you about? How often do you think I get interviews? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I'm new here. <laughs> I figured this is like a weekly publicity stunt for you. <laughs> nah, like, I mean, Ben Johnson still hasn't invited me on Perpetual Chess. I will Whoa. mention this on Whoa. every podcast. I mean, that's why I've never been on it. I would definitely accept, but he's never asked. And now we're enemies. It's really so. hurtful. If you guys need to come in for some like couples work, some couples therapy, I, I would do that on this podcast for you both. I think we might need to at some point because like I things know. are not, not going well. I've been a, I've been a long time Patreon as well. <laughs> and like I this paid the extra money, paid the extra tier to get my name on the, the list. So he, like he knows who I am. He did, he did put me in the list of Patreons as the famous Mr. Dodgy, which I think was mm. like, that did pacify me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Not even prestigious, though. It's a slight. Mm, that's, it's okay. I don't know what question. I guess I never get asked good questions, but I don't know what I'd like. What is a good question? <laughs> yeah. What do you wish we had asked you? The only question when uh, whatever that guy's name was, the 64 yeah. guy. Yeah. I know, he's, I know he's called David, but like I'll just pretend I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us, us too, us too. He, when he did the question, someone asked, like, how does the horsey move? And he didn't ask me mm. that. And then I had to provoke him because, like, the, the official answer is weirder than the funny answers people give. It's the knight moves to the nearest square that isn't adjacent on a diagonal, or horizontal, or vertical. That's, like, the official answer. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, like, up two over one. Yeah. I'm glad that you were able to finagle that. No, but I mean, we can pull up some of the some of the questions that people are asking, because I saw somebody told you to ask us how the horsey moves, which I thought was a bit, um, I don't know, for them to assume that, that that wasn't already on your list of questions for us. I also liked that you asked Twitter what you should ask us when you were coming on ostensibly to be interviewed. 
because it definitely showed really excellent understanding of how interviews work. Yeah, for sure. Thought it would be good to get some good questions, but they were all really bad. And I'm disappointed <laughs> in all of my followers. So um, this guy, Geert, says, how badly addicted to chess are you? Do you think you could go for a year without chess? Mm, juicy. I think that was directed at you guys, though. I don't think that was for We me. were CC'd. He knows I don't play chess. <laughs> I can take it or leave it, to be honest. Beautiful. <laughs> is that true or is that a joke? I truly can't tell. Do you play? What do you when you do play chess? What do you play? Do you play bullet blitz? What do you do? Well, he streams almost every month. <laughs> yeah, and I, I play chess almost every month as well. No, I don't. I'm not super addicted. Like, I definitely don't play every day. I play mostly rapid games. I play like 10 plus zero usually. That's my normal time control. But I don't know if I've even played a game this week. I might have played. One rapid game this week, two, three. <laughs> it's like, that's just one every day. Like it's, yeah. I don't, I don't know what day it is. That seems healthy. At first, I didn't like this question, but then when it appeared as if three or four different people asked it, I think it's really interesting how many people asked about which chess piece would be best for sticking up your ass. <laughs> I mean, it's the pawn. Definitely the pawn. Like I'm not risking anything else. Like, there's no question about it. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, obviously, I would hope that no piece is an option, but yeah, I'm not that brave. Mm, okay. That's not what we mean by pawn permission. <laughs> I was really, I'm really hoping no one asks which color because this is. <laughs> 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 there was a good, there was a good uh, GM fuck Mari kill. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm definitely not, I'm not going to answer that, but it was. I, I enjoyed it in my head. Who were who were they? Will you sing them out loud? Was, DJ, I'll do it. It was Magnus Nepo and Hikaru. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Let me actually think about that. Yeah, that's you probably the right Magnus, order. you marry Nepo, and Hikaru's gotta go. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah, the order's already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean democracy works. Like I'll take take your votes. I have a question, kind of what you said, JJ, made me really want to ask you, Mr. Daji, who are you blocked by on Twitter? And who have you blocked? <laughs> who I've blocked is a dangerous <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, then you got to give us a little. Come on. Uh, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Please? <laughs> I, I know that I'm blocked by two grandmasters, at least. Nice. Are you um, blocked by any grandmasters who are not named Nigel? One. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get blocked by Nigel Short. He won't block me. I keep saying annoying things to him, but he seems to tolerate my existence. Yeah, I, I've been trying to get blocked by Nigel Short for a while, and it's a, it's a source of constant confusion <laughs> to me that he hasn't blocked me. I said some pretty rude things about him. Um, yeah, but yeah. he just does, doesn't. He blocked it, me but. the first time I responded to one of his tweets. What did you say, JJ? Do you remember? Something like that he was an embarrassment to chess and <laughs> humankind more generally. Nothing major. <laughs> Not, nothing even controversial. I haven't gone there, but he'll comment on my content sometimes in like a very annoying way. So I, I got to work harder. Yeah, I, I'm, I think I might get blocked from him quite soon because this election is coming up and almost everything he campaigned on at the last election, he is completely flipped on. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to start like retweeting Amazing. all of his tweets from the 2018 election where he was complaining <laughs> about Russian money and like Russian influence and 
he accused Malcolm Payne of being a tool of the Kremlin. And I just, I'm just waiting for him to say like a little bit more about this election so that we can compare and contrast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I can't wait. (laughs) That sounds beautiful. I think that'll push him over the edge. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Nigel's an interesting character because it's like, I think there's an element of just trolling in what he does. He's self-aware to some extent because the things he says are just so deliberately, like you can't say things like that and not expect a reaction. But then he does seem to get genuinely mad when people react. <laughs> so like, I don't, I don't really understand what he's doing. Like he'll say something that's clearly designed to, you know, provoke people, but then he like blocks everyone who <laughs> is provoked by it. And that's, it's an interesting way to use the internet. I know. I think you give him too much credit. I think there's lots of people who say very provocative things and think that this is like a totally reasonable thing to think and say out loud. And then they're confused and surprised when people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) So I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. Like there is definitely big swaths of the internet that exist on just doing. (laughs) It's also just useful sometimes to like say the most controversial thing you believe just so everyone who disagrees with you outs themselves and you know, to just block them. That's another creative way to use the internet. Mm-hmm. I've done that one. I should try that sometime. Oh, I thought that's what you've been doing. <laughs> no, I, I find it's not easy for me to troll people. It's the same word. So, it's yeah, a source that's... of. Um, <laughs> no, this is true. <laughs> this, this is it genuinely seems to true. come so easily, so I can't Explain. wait to hear how you rationalize this. I see. See, and I, I don't, I don't troll that much. Like I see trolling is kind of you're probably targeting people a lot. And I don't think I do a lot of that. I'm never really able to trick people very often. The one time that I've been able to do it recently was like, I don't think it was even this year. It would have been like last year. It was at the tie breaks at the World Rapid and Blitz. But Ali Reza tied for first, but he didn't get to play the tie break. And Magnus tweeted, yeah, I'm sure the whole chess world doesn't want to see Ali Reza in the tie break. And I replied, actually, Magnus, I think the chess world would have liked to see Elderies in a tie break. And then I did some French flag emojis and some baguette emojis. And like I had like dozens of people like replying to me, telling me, you're an idiot. Magnus is being sarcastic. Yeah, you like know. obviously. And you're like, yeah. Did you double down in the replies to those people? Oh, yeah, a lot. Okay, good. Like, oh, wait, that's <laughs> so funny. You'd be like, I don't think he's joking. Like there was loads of people like sharing the, the whoosh gif and stuff like this yeah 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 yeah, there's no video there's no sound on this video what are you doing i only i was only able to do that because it was a magnus comment uh, magnus tweet and like yeah has like half a million followers and most of them don't know who i am so (laughs) like that was really enjoyable but like it's very hard for me to do that because people are like oh yeah we know what he's up to (laughs) one day you gotta just change your profile picture and your name to something different and then say all kinds of wild things and see if people start reacting yeah but then i would lose my blue tick (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna suggest like maybe a dodgy takeover of the chess feels podcast twitter or hell or maybe even just my personal twitter you can just take over my twitter for a day if you want yeah it's tough to like it's (laughs) it makes me sad i used to because that's the kind of trolling that i used to do on like do you feel like the blue tick holds you back? Like now that you're sort of this public figure and you sort of have your persona, like there's certain things that you would do, but now you have to have some semblance of responsibility to the blue tick. 
No, it but it does mean like it's harder to do that kind of trolling, but it's easier for like people get mad if he's if a blue tick says something that's just really <laughs> ridiculous. So like yeah. when I said the uh, the cricket guy Tendulkar was the Alareza of cricket. And oh yeah, the, oh my all the, god. All the cricket people got mad at me and they were all like, Who is this blue tick idiot? <laughs> like talking about our god. It's like the god of cricket. So that that like it helped me in that way. <laughs> so. Now the Ali Reza of basically any genre or category has really become quite the meme in and of itself. Yeah, that's been fun. And I'm I'm never gonna People are getting so mad about that now. Like, I get tweets about it almost every day. Tom, just stop doing this. Stop. Oh, then you have to double down. Yeah, Yeah, I have. (laughs) You got to triple down. I'm I'm not sure what to do. And like, Prague looks like he's gonna be the next next big thing at the moment. And if Prague gets there, then I don't know if I should change to Prague or like if I should stay with Alvarez for the next twenty years. Once all these kids, all these kids break through at the same time, it's gonna get very confusing. But I might just change it to a different one every day, and like that could be fun too. Yeah, yeah, just something to keep up with. Which um, which chess players do you really root for, Dodgy? Is there anyone that you watch or like you're really hoping to succeed? Um, I only support people who played in the Mr. Dodgy Invitational, and like yeah. I, act, I actively plot against everyone else. Has anyone ever declined <laughs> an invitation? Yeah, yeah, a few people, and yeah, there I, I plot against them even harder. Can we call them out? Can we read from the list? The list of shame. Yeah, yeah. it's a not not. Re- I mean, I could tell you the list, but it's all it's the list of like incredibly nice people. So, like, oh. <laughs> incredibly nice people with very good reasons as well. Well, so, they're dead yeah. to us. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I started off saying, and then I thought you know maybe one of them might get sick, and I should stop saying that. It <laughs> 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 could happen. I like a few people weren't able to play because of clashes with other things and and other contracts uh not contracts no i don't invite anyone from chester (laughs) (laughs) yes i don't i don't i'm trying to think if i did i can't remember if i invited one of the chess bras i probably didn't i think that i thought about inviting one because i I quite like those guys i don't mind them too much but yeah i wouldn't invite any of the other we're very into that vibe yeah i'm speechless but i'm very happy so i guess as we're kind of alluding to the work for chessable there do you find that your position at chessable ever limits what you're able to say or do online i mean gear gets mad at me sometimes (laughs) for what like he did mention that i said some positive things about chess.com in the last podcast i was on and like i'll double down on them now like it doesn't, <laughs> i don't mind like i think chess.com's verified idea for the like whatever is world championship thing is a cool idea i think mm. 15 dollars a year is like nothing and i would definitely pay more than that to uh to not play against people who are cheating yeah yeah definitely. that's what i got told off for last time and i'll double down so <laughs> they've give me a lot of freedom they encourage me to post all sorts of nonsense it's the best company i've ever worked for. what did you do before chessable i'm super curious uh yeah just garbage i worked a <laughs> kind of a series of like i left school when i was like 15 oh okay cool just spent the next 10 13 years doing like crappy jobs call centers security i worked in a shop stacking boxes all that all kinds of boring stuff yeah no like dream jobs and then when we moved to sweden went self-employed and i ran like an online jewelry store where we were just selling Mm. like cheap jewelry from china and just selling that and that didn't go very well (laughs) it's a very (laughs) unsuccessful business 
how did you then go from working in the jewelry industry to Chessable? It was when uh, Clay Magnus bought Chessable. So I, I'd been on Chess24 for a long time. Okay. Um, and I like I, I've always loved the content that Chess24 have, and like they have hundreds yeah. of really good video series that, that are just like very high quality. And so I'd watched a huge amount of those video series, and I was also on Chessable. I was using Chessable as a user, and I think I'd published some courses on there as like a community author. And when Play Magnus bought Chess24, I wondered if they wanted to put like the Chess24 videos on turn them into like chessable courses. So I'd already not, I think I knew Geert because I was the community author and he was the publishing manager at the time. So I sent him an email and said, like, I wondered if you were, this chess white four stuff was just going to go into chessable because it made sense to me. And he was like, uh, no, we're not doing that, but we we're going to do some other stuff. And like, would you like a job? So I started off working in like the content team and there was importance of courses and, uh, eventually they realized I was not very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I was okay at that, but like my skills lie in like, you know, so you had skills. untapped potential. There it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got promoted. Maybe <laughs> it's not, I'm not sure if I did get promoted, but I got moved to do other things. Um, so I took over like the social media and the market and stuff. And I've been doing that ever since. What got you into designing those community courses? Because I know a number of people who've done that. And I just always think that's a cool, but also underutilized feature of Chessable is that anyone can make a course and a lot of them are quite good. What was your motivation or inspiration for doing that? Um, yeah, I was bored. <laughs> and but like, I've been bored a lot and I've never done anything that like productive or constructive. I think that's the key to like really successful people is that sometimes when they're bored, they do useful things. Whereas the rest of us, like most of the time we get bored and we watch Netflix or something. <laughs> like if you can do something vaguely constructive when you're bored, I think you, you can go very far. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, I don't do it very often because yeah, I'm pretty lazy as well. But yeah, I just thought it would be a fun idea. And I, like I, my initial idea was that I made a bunch of courses just from me to use. But when I was, when I first discovered Chessable and I, like I actually, I'm actually the one who discovered Chessable. Other people built it, but like I think I'm the one who discovered it. <laughs> and what I was looking for, like I was reading like opening books and stuff, and I realized that I just couldn't remember it. When I looked at like flashcards and there's like Anki and all these different memorizations, things, and they were all just not very good. And eventually, I discovered Chessable, and I realized, okay, this is awesome because you can you can reason realistically memorize an entire book using Chessable, whereas you can't memorize an entire book. Like no one could do it. I don't of care course. who they are. <laughs> like, I mean, you could if you read it like ten times, but no one ever no knows that, knows. and we'll never know. I wonder if Neil Bruce would come on the record and say, "I've done that." Analog chessable, Neil Bruce. Yeah, I wonder when he's going to discover chessable. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already discovered it. I, I've killed all of these books for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, the flashcard industry pays Neil Bruce too much money to ever use chessable. <laughs> Big flashcards. Yeah, I wonder if Chessable had like if they'd got an offline version earlier, then Neil would have not had to kill as many books. He could just like download them onto his phone and <laughs> Oh by offline. I was thinking maybe Chessable Unplugged could be next year's April Fool's project and just its flashcards. <laughs> I I have so many plans for April Fool's next year. Like I'm disappointed that I won't I'll only get to do one, but <laughs> <laughs> 
That is beautiful. Who who at Chessable came up with Chuffable? So that was me. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, it wasn't entirely me. Uh, Luciana Morales is the woman I am that works with us. Yeah. Uh, she asked me one day, like, do, do we have any plans for Chef for April Fools? And I said, not really. Have you got any ideas? And she said, she said we should do a baking course. And then I was immediately like, okay, that's what we're doing. And we'll call it Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Immediately, yes. That's how people should be reacting to things more often. This is this recurring theme. It sounds like somebody comes to you with an idea that they meant as a joke and you're immediately not just like, let's do it, but like, here's how we're going to do it. And so you just sound like a very dangerous person to talk to, which is exactly what I look for. In community <laughs> yeah, members. Like I, I, yeah, I think maybe I have something going on in my brain where I don't like recognize what a joke is and what isn't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's almost how I got my chest opening. Well, that mm-hmm. was like the Benoni is funny. <laughs> now, like six months <laughs> later, this is what I'm actually playing, which is a nightmare. Um, Daji, what are your openings and how did those become your rep? Were these also jokes? Yeah, were they jokes? Were they jokes? I, like, I don't really have a set opening repertoire. I jump around a lot, which is, I blame Chessable for this. My favorite opening, the one that I've stuck with for a long time, is the Gambit. The yeah, I love the. Um, what a delight! Ironically or sincerely? <laughs> Not sincerely. <laughs> um, my my score with the in classical chess is eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, we have that on the record. Yeah, seven wins and three draws, and I think my average opposition is around about two thousand. Like it's a, it's a ridiculous score for a black open. <laughs> yeah, there's some lines in it that are kind of complicated and you know like. Black can get into a bit of trouble, but no one bothers to study them. So Because it doesn't have the blue check, so it can get away without anyone paying attention to it for a little bit longer. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not like these, you know, serious openings that people have to spend hours and hours trying to refute. And I like, like at the moment, I've been playing a lot of D4 main lines. I think naturally I'm more of an E4 bullshit gambit player. I like playing stuff like the Smith Mora and various crappy gambits where you can just be a pawn down for no apparent reason i mean there's a lot of i like a lot of the uh queen's gambit stuff where you do that too with the early g4 on move eight because i mean it's not that bad yeah that's that's yeah i mean anything where the g pawn gets moved early is always fun i used to play the catalan more or less all the time but my main idea in the catalan was at some point i would play g4 (laughs) And it was funnier because you know you, you put the pawn on G3 first and then you castle and then no one see no one expects G4 in the Catalan because it's not that good. But... <laughs> <laughs> the, de- the delayed drops opening. Okay, I know it's a joke, but I think there is something to that. Like it doesn't have to be good, right? Someone's not expecting it and they can't figure it out either. Yeah, whatever, I'll play that. Is this what people mean by psychology and chess, Julia? <laughs> They literally just mean play the grab, but do it later. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've because I've played all sorts of openings. I've played like hundreds of games on Lee Chess with different openings, and my rating just never changes. Like, it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and some of them I know really well, and some of them I don't know at all. And like, it just doesn't seem to make a difference to me. So, yeah, I don't think openings are that important at a certain level. I think, especially online, you can get away with. A ridiculous amount. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. Do you want to ask your most controversial question? Oh, aren't all my questions controversial? Okay. My juiciest question, Mr. Dodgy, is if you had 
the power to just magically erase someone's account from chess Twitter, who would it be? I don't want to answer this one because it's, def- <laughs> it's definitely kayaking and like it's not funny. It's just, yeah, mm, yeah, it's just okay. really grim. <laughs> like, okay. No, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that is definitely I kayaking. Agree with that. I wish he'd never tweet ever. Everyone agrees with that. I have a bunch more questions. What what brought you to Sweden? It was a joke. You like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, sorry. How long do you think you'll stay? Do you guys have any plans to buy a house online in some other country? I think we're going to stay in Sweden. Uh, I think at some point we might move a little bit further south where the winters are a bit milder because there's still like patches of snow here now. And it has snowed in like the first winter we were here like well after the first winter it snowed on the first of june oh my god not not a lot but like it was enough to make me cry (laughs) just like a few snowflakes and i'm just like no i can't live here anymore (laughs) like i can't do this i feel like it would be the the lack of sunlight that would do me in like do you feel depressed yeah i don't don't like the darkness but then it's like 24 hour daylight just now as well so i know that sounds like equally equally horrific yeah some people think i i love the 24-hour daylight it's so nice i like waking up in the morning and the sun yeah and i like yeah you can go for a walk at like midnight and it's still nice outside and the the nice thing about the darkness is that you can watch every sunrise for like six mm. months because it's at, it's at like <laughs> 9 a.m or, <laughs> or so, sometimes later <laughs> beautiful it's very poetic you can have your lunch and watch the sunrise it's <laughs> You can be a morning oh. person. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a positive thinker. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally about to say that. You have so much optimism that I wasn't expecting. This is beautiful. It's delightful. Yeah, I was going to be less optimistic because I thought I like I li- I did listen to a couple of your other episodes. Not all of them. I'm not insane. You're not you're not obsessed with us. Yeah, we wouldn't expect no. that. I, I did listen to one. I don't know if you add that people should email me at the end of every episode, but the mm-hmm. one I listened to, you did say that. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's just in our outro. I'm just curious if it would ever come up. I forgot about it at this point, honestly. Yeah, I, I really enjoy when people do that. Like Jan did that on his E4, E5 course, Jan Gustafsson. <laughs> and it's on <laughs> it's on every every variation of the entire course. It's like, if you have a problem with this, just email Dodgy. JJ, you weren't even the first to think of that. I can't believe it. Yeah, I really enjoy getting complaints about things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get enough complaints in my life. That's the problem. So it's nice to get get some extra. <laughs> no, no one, no one has actually complained about your podcast to me. So I don't know if that's because you're doing such a great job or because mm-hmm. no one's listening. It could be either. <laughs> well, you've listened. I, I was not even expecting that much. I do some preparation, like not a lot. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of chess podcasts, so I can't listen to all of them. I know it's so annoying. Certainly not. I also have not listened to every episode of our podcast, so I'm definitely not going to knock you for that. <laughs> Neither has JJ. Let the record. Oh show. yeah, of course not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to listen to every chess podcast, but that that was when there was only one. I think there's too many. I think we should kill some of them off. Yeah, oh, yeah. Who should who should go? What do you think? I don't know. I don't mind. I haven't listened to this will this will probably annoy them, but I haven't listened to the chess pit. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. So I could I could live with I could live without them. <laughs> But here's an even better question. If you had to kill off someone on Chess Pit, like just one member, who should we who should we take out? I don't know who's on it, to be honest. And then John McKenzie, I can't remember who's on it. And I, I, know I, I listened to the, the episodes, the episode that you did with John McKenzie. So I know who he is. And mm-hmm. he does follow me on Twitter. So like I, he can live. 
He seems like yeah, this. yeah. Um, John's one, one of the others. John's I don't know. <laughs> I know. I met Robin, so now I feel attached. I think Phil might have to go, but Phil's the reason that I'm on Chess Twitter. So I don't know. Maybe it really is John. Maybe we circle all the way back. <laughs> I'm sorry, John. I love you. I, the, the, oh, bye, the, the chess podcast, the chess podcast that I haven't listened to is the chicken chess podcast because I just, I don't know. I can't believe that you can be that good at chess and that consistently funny about chess. So I just have low expectations for them, but apparently Who hosts that? is that so an embarrassing question? Um, like team Magnus, but I always forget who's who it's like Jan Gustafsson is definitely one of them. And who, who is it? Is it like, is it Jan, uh, Laurent and, uh, one of the other guys. Yes, Jan, Jan Gustafsson, Peter Heine Nielsen, and Laurent something. I don't know what his name is. French name. Yeah, some yeah. some French guy. I'm not, yeah. not familiar with him. Yeah, like like how can they how can they be that serious in the chess world and actually be funny on a podcast? They they seem to manage. Yeah, no, they they are they're very good. They're very dear friends of mine, and mm. I have I have helped them out with their podcast that's how it's funny so (laughs) you need to help us out we need to be funny how are you going to help out our pod you can make a trailer for us i could make a trailer for you we can make a trailer for this episode yeah i can do that probably i can get you some i'm I'm very i'm very weird with trailers like i can make them like if it just the idea just pops into my head but if someone asked me to do one, I'm like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <So> <laughs> ah, yes, because the trailers of yours I've seen have been like, that's someone who knew what to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can tell that I'm like a professional video editor, but I personally, and I like that just, I'm bragging, obviously. I think I'm very good at making it look terrible and yes. just a little bit good. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> Like a professional terribleism. Yeah, someone asked me before, like, how do you make it look like it's so amateurish? <laughs> like, because it is. <laughs> you were like, this is a craft I've dedicated myself to for decades at a time. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult to kind of make it look like you don't know what you're doing when, well, when you don't know what you're doing. Right. It's like when people are like actually making up an opening, you're getting out past move five, but actually you have to know what you're doing well enough to actually make it look like you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, they, actually, they, they talked about that in the Chicken Chess Club this week with Peter Heine Nielsen was trying to justify Magnus's openings in the like recent Champions Chess Tour where he's been playing like 1H4 and 1F3 and all these things. And he's like, well, you know, we have to, like, it can get very dangerous if we don't know what you're doing here. So we do have to prepare this. And I'm thinking, why is Magnus like hiring people to prepare this stuff for him? <laughs> Like, how bored is he? <laughs> <laughs> He's running out <laughs> of prep. <laughs> I, th- I think Magnus is just trying to prove that he doesn't need seconds anymore. And like, this is going to all go into some kind of employment tribunal where he's like, he's just gathering evidence that he doesn't need seconds and he's just going to fire them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think the real reason that he's doing it is I genuinely think this is that he is engaged in like prop bets with someone he's like betting that he can get every single move on the board mm. within so many games or something absurd like this. <laughs> and <laughs> it seems to make it more interesting for him. Beautiful. Oh my God. That's hilarious. All right. There's definitely enough content there for a 10 minute episode. And then. So you don't want to do like three hours and edit this down to. 
<laughs> I was thinking of doing five hours and then putting it all up there, not edited anything <laughs> like a single sound, maybe adding some more like taps and like sipping out of cups in. That's what I was going to say, JJ. If there's ever a pause, I'm going to double it. Uh, I'm not going to comment on any of that, but Mike, thanks for coming on. This is amazing. This is delightful and really fun. And we'll let you get back to Sweden. Yeah. I enjoy myself. It was good fun. Thanks for inviting me. As always, thank you for letting us take you into this deep, dark forest. Where two plus two equals five, and the path leading out is only wide enough for listeners like you. Intro and outro music provided by JPEG Mafia. We would be truly touched if you subscribe and leave us a glowing review. And tell all of your friends. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. And every week, we'll be gifting one lucky subscriber who leaves a five-star review a lifetime premium diamond membership to leechess.org. Unlocking all of their features. Even that? Especially that. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ChessFuelsPod. Oh, and if you didn't like what you heard, do not hesitate to message any feedback. No matter how critical or scathing. Directly to Mr. Dodgy, our social media manager, even though he doesn't know it. (laughs) At ChessProblem. Yeah.